Join me right now on Kumite TV is UFC lightweight Drew Dober. Welcome back, Drew. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure to chat with you guys. All right, man, let's kick it off right now. Um, Nick Hine, what did you think of him retiring? You know, he's still young. Yeah. It's not like he's like a, a guy. 35. But uh, yeah. he has a lot of things going on, like outside the cage. I mean, between like the police department and he's doing these seminars and acting and uh, he wrote a book. And so, I mean, I know like with every fighter, like fighters, like like fighting is like in your blood and your heart. And like you always want to, you know, relive that glory. But I mean, there's there's a there's a time and a place to hang it up, especially if you got other things going on. Yeah, I think uh, it's probably better to hang it up earlier than better than later. Right. Right. There's definitely some fighters out there that should hang it up or should have hung it out sooner. Yeah, we, we won't mention any names, but, you know, you know, a lot of people know who they are, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, I mean, but Frank Amacho oh, oh. great, though. Like, uh, you know, his first successful cut to 155. And, uh, I mean, he, like, it showed kind of like what I always thought with me, which is at 170, like, it's comfortable, but I can't maintain that output because I'm heavier. So at, like, 155, you saw that Frank Camacho was able to, like, keep that pace. So it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, maybe we might see you guys uh, run it back at 55, <laughs> right? <laughs> it would be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely get a fight on the night again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, let's go back to your, you know, your last fight, Benel Darius, last March in Wichita, Kansas. Not the result you wanted, but you looked phenomenal early on, man. I thought you looked great. Uh, take, take me through that night and uh, what positives you can take from the performance that you had yeah i mean i think it's it's pretty night and day that first round was picture perfect and as uh, the second round was uh, not the greatest um <clears throat> but uh you know the first round i just i showed what i truly believe and that's like i can stand and trade with any, anyone in the division and benil like he i mean he really uh his stand-up is not bad at all and he, like I, I remember watching him he did well against barbosa he did well against evan dunham like he's really good and so i just showed what i'm capable of in the first round and in the second round i mean he doubled down on the takedown and um towards the end of the round i just made some critical game plan errors and uh at that at that level or at this level uh you can't make those mistakes and so, and he's a veteran, so he saw the opportunity. I made the mistake. He took advantage of the mistake, and uh, that submission was was pretty slick. Yeah, it was slick. Uh, and you know, he is a a master on the ground. So you know, you can't take you know, you can't be too, you know, hard on yourself about that. You yeah. know, like you said, it's a matter of mistakes, and sometimes you make the wrong you know move, and it's over in a in a millisecond. Yeah. Um, in the in the post fight uh, interview. Darius, he said that uh, he heard your arm pop like four or five times, man. How was your arm? How were you physically after that fight? Uh, yeah, it, it definitely popped. Uh, I mean, I pride myself in my heart, my durability, and my resilience. And so I got two arms. I'll hit you with the one that's not broken. Uh, so I actually did end up tapping because uh, uh, the choke, like I was getting tunnel vision. So I was just like, man, you can't fight off passing out. But, uh, yeah, my arm popped. He was, he was trying to take that home with him and uh, came close. But, uh, yeah, nothing's broken. Nothing nothing had to recover up too much. Just a lot of stiffness and soreness. But, uh, yeah, props off to Benil. When you got back home, how did you, you know, decompress or recharge the batteries, so to say? Uh, I always travel. If I'm if I'm dead in Denver, Colorado, I'm, I'm in the gym. 
And so I, I learned that if I if I'm forced to take a week off or I have to take a week off, I gotta go somewhere. So I went down to Costa Rica with my girlfriend, and uh, yeah, I just enjoyed <laughs> some some beach, some pina coladas, and a whole lot of nothing. Um, but uh, yeah, as soon as I got back, we uh, me and my coaches watched the fight, and uh, I always want to improve. You know, the the Drew Dober of yesterday is not going to be the Drew Dober of tomorrow. And so there's things I can, you know, enjoy, but there's also a lot of things that I want to uh, improve. And even in the first round, there are some things I was doing that I can improve on. Without giving too much away, could you, you know, can you give us a little bit of something of like what you worked on after that fight? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, my game plan going into the fight was uh, I, oh, I wanted to make Benio uncomfortable. And uh, if, you, if you look at it on paper, he's a ground fighter and to go to the ground with him, right? So I was avoiding the ground, but after I tagged him on the jaw, I allowed him to go into like that wrestling, that clench work, right? And we see a lot of boxers, right? Working like the frames and creating space to continue their boxing. And uh, I just felt like uh, with my Muay Thai background and the things that we're doing, I just started falling into tendencies that didn't complement what I was trying to do in my game plan. So, I mean, I'm not revealing too much, but uh, yeah, it's like, I'm just trying to fix these tendencies. So, I mean, whether you're doing sport boxing, sport jujitsu, sport Muay Thai, like you start playing by these rules that don't transfer well in MMA. And so now I'm just trying to like fix bad habits pretty much. Kind of like uh, remapping your brain right, to right. where it's more towards the MMA side. Exactly. I mean, you said like boxing. There's a beautiful head movement, but sometimes they duck their head down too far and that won't translate when there's knees, right? So it's just an example of just like, you know, there's, there's got to be some, you know, checks and balances. Yeah, that's why I always like talking to you, man. You know, like, you could kind of like break it down, like, different from some other fighters that I talk to, you know, when I ask you certain questions, you know, it's, 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 it's it educates me. You know? Awesome. Yeah. It's good. I try my best yeah. to understand not only what to do, but why. Because eventually when I'm done getting punched in the face, I'm going to teach others how to avoid getting punched in the face. And I got to know why. Minneapolis, Minnesota is your next stop. Polo Reyes is your next challenge. How do you feel about fighting in the land of 10,000 lakes? <laughs> well, thank God we're going in the summer because, yeah, I mean, it gets really cold up there in the winter. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thankful it's June. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, the UFC knows that I sell tickets in the Midwest. And so they kept me in the Midwest, and I plan on packing the house. And uh, for those who buy tickets, they're going to be entertained. Reyes, man, your opponent, he's known to be a brawler. He's had a few fight of the nights, you know, great back and forth. you faced brawlers before, and you've <laughs> basically technically picked them apart and got good wins over them. How do you feel about this matchup? I think on paper, it's it's a great matchup. Sean, uh, Sean Shelby did a hell of a job, you know, getting two guys to stand and trade. When we're going to touch each other's chin and make it super entertaining for uh, the fans. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think um, Ola Reyes is a good brawler, but like a, uh, like a strategical brawler. Like he knows when and when not to. And like he's going to make the fight super exciting. So it's my job to go in uh, not as a different fighter, but as an improved fighter. So I can stand and trade too, but I'm going to be a little bit more technical or a little bit more strategical about my brawling. Do you, when you, when you're preparing for this fight, do you see it as you don't have to really worry about the takedowns in this one? Is, is that the, is that your mindset here or are you always looking to wrestle? Ah, uh, I mean, I'm always looking to, like looking to beat Khabib. I mean, no offense to Khabib, but like, 
I'm looking not just just beat my next opponent. I'm looking to beat every opponent, you know, in the future. And so I'm not getting away from wrestling. I'm not getting away from the jujitsu. You know, I mean, I'm I'm still rolling with black belts, even though I know that you know Polaris may not just go for arm bars or whatnot. But uh, yeah, so for this fight, I'm I'm comfortable with the whole stand up department. And but I mean, I'm gonna fight someone else, and they're gonna be might be doing something else, or I might have a last minute opponent change. So again, I worry less about my opponent in my next fight and more about what I'm doing. How can I improve? And at the end of the day, I want to be an Olympic wrestler, a black belt jujitsu, and a world-class striker, right? At the end of the day, I want to be the best at everything. In your preparations for this fight, is there anything, you know, that you have added new? You know, I, I know it's, it hasn't been too long but I, since I've talked to you, but is there anything new? Yeah, there's a ton, look, a ton, uh, a ton of things new. Um, just we, we watched the last fight and in the jiu-jitsu department, I made some mistakes in the wrestling department. I made some mistakes and even the striking department, like there was things I could have improved on. Um, and so we just went right back to the drawing board and was like, all right, these are the things I do well. And MMA is I do, we do three sports in one. We do striking, wrestling, and jujitsu. So I'm taking at pretty much what I'm already good at and trying to like add and improve. Right. Who's out there right now? Who are you working with, you know, training partners or coaches out there in Colorado? Uh, so my main coaches, I got Elliot Marshall, black belt in jiu-jitsu. I got Dave Zabriskie, who was a, a national champion at Iowa State. And then uh, my striking coach is Oscar Martinez. And he just, he teaches me how to strike. And then as far as like teammates go, I mean, my, my buddy is uh, Neil Magny. Uh, I trained with Austin Hubbard before his last fight. Um, uh Actually, majority of my rounds have actually been with Justin Gaethje. So Gaethje and I have been knocking each other's heads off for a while. So basically the same cast and crew that you normally work with Pretty for, you know, since your last fight, right? For your last, I don't know how many fights. Yeah, yeah, same crew. I mean, with Team Elevation, we have like the core group of guys, uh, but we have um, some guys bouncing in and out. Uh, we have an open gym policy. So if anyone's in Denver, Colorado, come check out Team Elevation. It's more than welcome to come join us. Yeah, I think I talked to uh, a few guys that are coming up, you know, a couple guys from the Contender Series that they said that, you know, the Denver area is just like, you know, anywhere you go there, they'll let you in there and, you know, spar or train and everybody's very open. And, and it seems like you guys have a great community, man, because these guys are up and coming guys. They're not even known names, but they, they can go anywhere and train. And do you, do you like that? Do you like these new guys coming in and kind of testing you? Because you have a name, man. You have the name. Oh, yeah, of course. I love it. I mean, you, know, you bring, like, some hungry wolves into the into the pack, and, you know, they want to make something of themselves. And so it's, it's constantly testing you. I mean, you want to pick and choose your partners as far as, like, you got to go with the partners that will make you better. You know, we're not trying to, like, give each other concussions. Um, but yeah, Denver is just the hotbed of just opportunity of training. Like we have so many guys, so many classes, so many gyms and like, uh, yeah, Denver's just, I mean, there's, it's for the athlete. It's how athletes can get better and nobody's trying to own, you No one's trying to kick other people out. It's just, it's, it's just open to knowledge. And that's what I love about it. You mentioned Neil Magny, you know, recently he was pulled from the last card, I think, in uh, in New York. Um, how is he doing, you know? Because he's the kind, type of guy you would never expect that news to come out about him, you know what I mean? Like, he's just one of the stand-up guys in the business. Right, right. And, uh, I mean, I know I know Neil Magny, uh, you know, personally, and uh, he came out open and honest about what happened. What happened was, is uh, he tested positive for, uh, I think it was called like a SARM, 
which is like an over-counter kind of like mass gamer or whatever. But uh, he has no idea like where it came from. And uh, he's currently in the process of figuring out like what possibility it could have been like cross-contamination. And uh, I mean, this guy, he takes like fish oil and multivitamin. Like he just doesn't take supplements. I mean, look at him. I'm like, he, he's not like a super muscular specimen. I mean, so it's just, uh, you know, and I talked to him today, like it brings up the the question of, I mean, USADA and the guys like, I love, I love having him. Like I want to, you know, this sport to be clean. Um, but they're testing all the way down to a picogram. And so at that, at that level, like cross contamination, cross contamination could be in your shampoo or in your like dishwashing soap. It's like, it's like they're testing so minute like any mistake can make you test positive and testing positive in social in media is like whether it's steroids or just like something super minute of like over the counter like something it's like it seems like the same right when you test positive you're a cheater you're a liar you do steroids but like i've had like a past opponent who tested positive for like an anti-anxiety for like um a drug that was prescribed to him and he got in trouble for it and now the people are like oh he's a cheater i'm like well the, the knowledge is in the details yeah in a world where people and fans only read the headlines and it just says you saw the blah 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 tested positive that's all that people read and they're just attack that you know and it's kind of it's very bad for the fighters say their reputation is on the line right there you know when they when they, when those headlines come out so hopefully, uh, you know, Neil gets that stuff cleared up and maybe he could get a, a $30 million lawsuit going on or something, you know, who knows what could happen, right? <laughs> Fantastic. But I mean, it's just scary. Like as an athlete, we want to be the best versions of ourselves and we're just taking yeah. protein powder and uh, that's not even safe anymore. So it's just like, we just can't, I mean, we just eat food and that's it. Like, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Like after Neil's shenanigans, I just had to throw away everything that I had supplement wise and I'm just trying to figure out what would be my next option. Now, I want to go to something more positive. Drew Dober tops cards. You know, were you a guy that uh, had baseball cards growing up? Did you collect these things? <laughs> How cool is it to have those cards? Dude, it's fantastic. I mean, to be honest, like, I collected more Pokemon cards than actual baseball cards. <laughs> but either way, like, it's, it's pretty awesome to, to, to be in, like, a little pack that like these kids are buying and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's just tremendous. You know, first I'm on, I'm, I'm on a card. Now I want to be in the video game. Like, let's just, let's see how far this can go. Make little action figures of Drew Dober. I already have the body of a Lego man anyways. Hey, they're not, they're putting you in the game. They told you, or you're already in the game. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to eventually being in the game. Yeah. I don't play the game, so I don't know who's actually on the game or not. But, uh, yeah, I think being on the video game is probably, like, the coolest thing you could ever, ever happen to a fighter. That would be super cool. I, would, I mean, it'd be fantastic. It'd be like a dream come true. Like, I'm a huge gamer anyway, so, like, I get to play myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, one last thing before I let you go. You know, music and sports, they go hand in hand. You know, like, what's on your playlist? You know, like, when you're riding around in the car, like, what are you listening to nowadays? <laughs> oh, man. So, to be completely honest, I listen to, like pop or r&b music or like old school funk music like uh like i relate martial arts and fighting like as close as i can to dancing like i love doing this and we're gonna have a fun time doing it and so i play music to like put a smile on my face and get a beat going 
What? Who are the artists? Like, who are the <laughs> funk artists or the R and B artists? Oh man, like most of the time I jog to like Chris Brown and Usher. Um, I walk out to Montel Jordan all the time. So make '90s music. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like, let's groove tonight. Michael Jackson a lot. So yeah, I just try to have fun whatever I'm doing. All right, well, we can expect you on June 29th to walk out to some 90s R&B music, UFC on ESPN3, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you, Drew, for your time. You know, it's always good talking to you, and uh, good luck in your future. Thank you so much.